welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Hello, gamers. Uh, fantasy gamers, that is. This is Fusion Fantasy Football. I am your host, Joshua. And welcome. This is my weekly in-season episode of Next Week Tonight. The podcast that is simultaneously astonishingly ambitious and yet absurdly asinine in that I attempt to figure out what the moves will be to make next week. Not this week, next week. Get it? Next week, tonight. So how do I do that? Well, I look at the upcoming schedules as more and more games are played. Hopefully we'll be, we'll be able to get a better sense of different trends and uh, just try to figure out and stay one step ahead for all of you out there. So here we go. We're going to take a quick look back at week two, really week three, because again, it's about next week. And then we're going to turn our eyes towards week three and week four. So here we go. All right, so in week three, I did my normal storylines, basically my notes on the upcoming week, week two, and I put those out on the website, and then I moved into what that meant for week three and things to anticipate for week three that maybe didn't even have anything to do with the week two games. And uh, I went through my notes, and I kind of kind of color-coded it, basically made hey, the lines that were right, I made green. The lines that were inconclusive, I made yellow. And the lines I was wrong, I made red. And it's funny because on some of these games, it's like all green, maybe a few yellows. Only a couple games. I mean, there's some games I have one wrong, one or two wrong here and there. And of course, it's it's a mixed bag on my over-unders. But then there's some games that I just plain got wrong and none so much as the Jaguar Texans game. I was thinking it was going to go over. Um, I was thinking these defenses had not looked good. Uh, There's a few things I said may or may not have been entirely correct, but it didn't work out. All I got right was that the Texans were going to win. That was it. So, other games, not so bad. Pats and Dolphins got that nailed down. I nailed the Seahawks-Steelers game. Told you that rough Connor game was coming. I told you uh, that DK Metcalf was could have a good game. That the Seahawks would be throwing more. Things like that. It's, it's really funny when I look through here how clear it is just by looking at the colors how some games you get others you don't eagles falcons that sunday night game uh of course that eagles defense is still struggling a little inconclusive on miles sanders we'll come back to that for this next week now mixed into these week two notes were some suggestions that applied both to week three but i wanted to make sure i included them as part of the week two because even though we are talking about next week here, 
these were moves that maybe you should be making this week before they become obvious to everyone else next week. That's kind of the point here too. So we're kind of straddling both weeks. There's some things I bring up that are going to be valid for this week and you might want to make a move on it. Such as I said, you might want to go ahead and get Eifert now if you need a tight end. And sure enough, he had another touchdown. He could be a not very pretty but consistent producer going forward. Um, Another name I brought up was I talked about how Christian Kirk basically had just had his preseason game in week one with Murray. And I was saying he's not done. He's a big part of this offense. His targets and air yards from week one prove that. And sure enough, week two, he actually produced something with all that opportunity. And that's the way it's going to be going forward. I see people now saying, hey, my my guy to pick up is going to be Christian Kirk this week. I'm saying, yeah, well, if you listened here, you would have known last week what to do next week. Few other in here, uh, John Brown. That was kind of my pick before the season. I'm glad he is working out. I was afraid of him being with Josh Allen, but it's it's working out so far. I still say get Chris Thompson. I said before, not AP. Go ahead and sell AP. I said so. Those are working out. One that I I have to really own up to here, which is I I really had hoped Pettis would be better than this. Obviously, we had reason to think so, but we also had some reasons to possibly question it. Now, he is getting work. He is getting snaps, at least. He is out there playing, and he had a decent number of targets. I can't remember the exact amount now, but it's headed in the right direction, so we could still see improvement for, for him, but so far it's been pretty ugly. And then Debo Samuel had a really good game this past week. If you wanted to, you could get him very cheaply. He is a talented player, and he could still show out. I'm not saying to drop anyone good for him. I'm not saying to overpay. I'm saying if you can get it cheap. That's all. Also, I talked about the Tampa Bay receivers and said go ahead and try and get them low. I'm still going to say that. I'm looking ahead to the schedule, and Winston has a pretty good schedule at least these next couple weeks these next two weeks and now would not be the time to get out on him in a super flex and now would be the time to buy those receivers anywhere else especially mike evans godwin's been doing enough i doubt you can get him for anything reasonable at least and i said buy low on aaron jones if he had a slow week two it started out as a week slow week two, but he actually rebounded. I still have some fears about that. So between his cost now and his issues with now the coach is talking about Jamal Williams splitting work with him, there's just a lot of signs there that point to it being not a very nice situation for being able to start him and getting points consistently. So I kind of want to retract that one that He's not going to be worth the cost. Really, I was just hoping on buying him low if he had a bad week. I also wondered if Will Fuller is being a little undervalued. I actually see some people trying to sell him a lot. And I can understand he hasn't had 
maybe the big games we were hoping for, but he's been involved in the games, so I got to think it's coming. They've had one game where he was involved, definitely, and had a couple big plays, but none for a touchdown, just a couple big yardage plays. And then this past week, I want to talk quickly. This goes outside of just next week tonight. This is just fan- this is just fusion fantasy football. But why are we overreacting to the Houston Texans right now? We've had two very different games. Only two. In one, Duke Johnson was absolutely being used on the ground and in the air. Um, we have receivers like Fuller being used. In week two, we see Kuti come back. Uh, I don't understand why we would want to overreact in any direction on this team right now. So Duke Johnson may still very well take over more work, especially in a game script that's not like last week's. Last week was the perfect game for Hyde just to just to run ugly. And sure, he looks good out there, but guys, go ahead and look at his game logs from the past couple seasons. He looks good, usually. Usually in the beginning of the seasons, and usually by the time you get to week 5, 6, 7, the team starts giving someone else more work. Look it up. It was Brita with 49ers. Started splitting work two years ago. And last year they traded him to the Jags and went to the Chubb over in Cleveland, right? I don't have confidence that Hyde can do anything more than just run the ball where he's supposed to run it well. And he does that. And that's what they're going to want sometimes, especially in games like this. So no, you're not going to be able to just always auto-start Duke. Not yet. But once they give Duke more opportunity in games where they can't just run the ball ugly with Hyde, they're going to start trusting him more and more. Watson's going to start using him more and more. He's going to be their James White, not their LeGarrette Blunt. Next topic already! Okay, really back to the topic, but... I want to actually get into week four now and what's going on in those games. And as we, like I said, get more information, this will slowly become a little bit more streamer based and not so much a waiver because waivers are going to be picked clean. A lot of the moves are going to be obvious. There's there's not going to be a lot of situations where we're, I'm going to be able to direct you to get somebody that nobody else knows about. And ownerships start to become so varied between leagues, between uh, platforms, that uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult to do anything productive with that. So I'm going to start to focus more and more on trends and streamers, uh, especially for quarterbacks, tight ends. As we get going here, good players that you will really want to start in their matchup, uh, a matchup-based start, and again, a week ahead of time. So you're going to be picking them up, and when everyone else says, ooh, this looks like a great matchup, I should pick them up this week and stream them, you already own them. That's the idea here. So let's go. So up in Buffalo, Frank Gore's going to have a relevant fantasy day. So maybe you want to pick him up for this week. That may very well be. 
the message I want to get across here is the same one I've been saying, which is sell Singletary. I don't even know if you can, at least not at the value you could have anymore. I've been trying to tell you sell Singletary high. You might have to hold on to him now. Maybe someone's excited. Don't know. Next, we're going to Lions and Eagles and Stafford. This is a good streaming week for Stafford. And then he's playing the Chiefs next week. So if you need a back-to-back streamer and Stafford is available, just use him. He's going to give you good work this week against the Eagles, who give a lot of points to quarterbacks so far. And then he's going to get to play the Chiefs next week. Boom, there you go. Raiders are at the Vikings, and the Raiders are giving up points to receivers. However, how much of that is just because they just played the Chiefs? As That half of the sample literally is against the Chiefs. I think that's a lot to do with it. But this is a game where the Vikings should be able to throw the ball if they want to. That's the problem. However, next week, the Vikings will be playing the Bears. And so maybe this isn't the week. I had written down the note, you know, that the receivers might look good in this game and you might want to buy them, but you might also just want to keep holding off. I could see Thielen and Diggs being good buys as we get mid-season and into the end of the season. I think that offense will pick up, almost do the opposite of what they did last year, probably because they, they won't be able to continue to use the ground game and use Cook to the extent they have been. They're going to have to pull it back, and to stay in games, they're going to have to throw. And as far as another week three move, a move to make before this weekend, it's Devonta Freeman. If you can buy him cheap, I've seen people trying to sell him. I would actually, I'm going to go after, right after this, I'm going to go and look in some of my leagues where I need a running back. Unfortunately, the one where I need a running back the most, I already have him, but I'm going to look for him because he's about to play the Colts, who give up points, have so far at least, to running backs such as Austin Eckler. So that's just something I want to keep an eye on. If he has a good game here, any possible dip in his price is probably going to go away because those people are going to be really excited now. If he has another bad game against the Colts, however, then I'm not sure what he's going to do this season, and I would just stay away. But on the chance that he can, and you can get him for running back three price, you could have a running back two. Dolphins are at the Cowboys, and here's another instance of something that's going to carry over both this week, week three, and also next week, week four. The Dolphins at the Cowboys, uh, the Dolphins are not good against tight end, first of all. So that's going to be Witten, but maybe Blake Jarwin as well. Depending on the depth of your league, depending on the price of those guys, maybe it's worth getting either one. Obviously, Witten first, but in a deeper league, I could easily see we've seen plenty of good games and good work from Jarwin. Now, the other thing is, next week, it's a good matchup again as the Cowboys play the Giants who are also giving up lots of points to tight ends, and just all around not a good defense. So you once again get to stream a player two weeks in a row. 
that's a bonus. So get a Cowboys tight end for this week and next week. And for that matter, the Cowboys aren't great against tight end either, so maybe I would keep an eye on Gasecki. However, if he just needs a really great matchup to have a half-decent game, you probably just don't want him anyway. So just something I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on if, in case he someday just somehow gets it. He has the physical abilities. Now, Jimmy Graham is looking pretty good, and he's going to be going up against a Steelers defense that is giving up points to receivers and quarterbacks. Again, I hope Pettis can continue to improve. Debo looks good. Here's the problem. They are on bye in week four. So if you're thinking of streaming Jimmy, that's fine. Go ahead and stream him, but you will need to make sure you have another option ready to go for week four, or maybe you have confidence you can find somebody on your league's waivers. But just a heads up, they are one of the two teams on by for week four. It's the 49ers, and the other team is the Jets. Now, this could not have come at a better time for the Jets because Darnold has mono, and they're saying they are certain he should be ready to go for week five. So if you're out there in a super flex league or anything like that, and you were scrambling to get Luke Falk, just keep in mind he's probably only starting this week, not next week. Also, you're not getting two weeks out of this guy when they say Darnold's going to be back week five. One of those weeks is a bye week. The thing to remember about the Jets is that Chris Herndon is suspended for the first four weeks. Actually, the first four games, I should say. So he will not be back week five. He'll be back week six, which really, really hurts. However... It is clear they really, really need him. And even Chris, not Chris, Ryan Griffin, the backup tight end, is playing a huge amount of snaps. Very large share of snaps. And so that's all going to go over to Chris Herndon. And we've also seen they really need a target in the middle of the field or just short or anywhere, really, because they're peppering Crowder with targets I can see a lot of those targets, a lot of that work going to Herndon once he returns. That's what they were doing in the preseason. That's what he was getting at the end of last season. I see no reason that Darnold's not going to continue to go to Herndon. It's my suggestion if you need a tight end and if your league uh, depth allows it in any way, go ahead and stash Chris Herndon. He's really going to come back and help you in that tight end spot after from week six forward so there you go not next week not the week after but we're like two weeks out tonight there you go all right so that was notable matchups and plays from week three and how that also affects your week four waivers but now i want to talk literally just about week four only week four and good streamers for week four well, starting with quarterback, that's the most common position that I stream, at least, especially in one quarterback leagues, only in one quarterback leagues. And my question is, can you even stream Brissett anymore? I see him owned in a lot of places, but there's still a decent chance he's on your waiver wire. He has a pretty good matchup versus the Raiders week four. 
I also see Philip Rivers being given up on and dropped a lot. But they play the Dolphins in week four. You don't want to get rid of this guy. And if someone else did, go ahead and pick him up for free for a great start in week four. I already mentioned Stafford versus the Chiefs in week four. Great stream week three and four. And Andy Dalton plays the Steelers. So that's probably going to be either a high scoring or extremely ugly low scoring just to duke it out game between two division rivals as for receivers often forgot and it's a player that i have kind of stayed away for the past several years but randall cobb with the cowboys now and michael gallup is unfortunately sidelined for what looks to be a few more weeks they have a pretty good matchup in week four Against the Saints, the Browns are at the Ravens, which is usually not a situation you want to be in. But the the Ravens, contrary to popular belief, are giving up decent points to receivers. And if Rashard Higgins is back by week four, I think he will be. They're going to need another target there. Probably the Ravens are going to focus on eliminating Beckham. And I think they're going to really need Higgins. He is a high-quality player who probably should not be on your waiver wire. But just because of his injury and situation, he might be there for you. And I would uh, not start him in most situations. But if you need a streaming wide receiver, you could do a lot worse. A running back that was in the news this week some. Not so much in the news, but... You would have heard different places talking about Jalen Samuel, mostly because of the injury concern about James Conner. It looks like he got a full practice in on Thursday. He's trending towards being fine and playing on Sunday. However, Jalen Samuel is one of the better kind of backups to own. If for some reason he is still out there on your waivers, If you have anyone on your bench that is just okay, you know, they're probably just going to score you 8, 9, maybe 10 points. You'd be happy if they gave you over 10, right? Go ahead and cut that player for Jalen Samuel. Unless you know you need them because of bye weeks, take a look at all that. I'm just saying I'd rather stash someone like Jalen Samuel on the end of my bench than even someone like Rashad Higgins or any of these other players that are just going to be okay, good, solid, maybe streamers. But Jalen Samuel has the potential to help you win your league should James Conner go down. And James Conner is an injury risk in in my mind. Another running back for week four is I could see Justin Jackson with the Chargers getting a lot of work in the second half versus the Dolphins. This would be a perfect situation to rest Eckler. Not for you to rest Eckler, but for the Chargers to rest Eckler. Sure, he may have a good first half, but I don't see why they wouldn't take the opportunity to possibly give him a bit of a rest, especially if things don't look like they're going anywhere with Melvin Gordon still. They're going to need Eckler. He... A lot of the concern about Eckler revolves around the idea that he's not built to 
sustain that kind of workload. And they may be right. He's had a few nagging injuries when they tried giving him the full workload. But they've only done that like once before. So it could have been a coincidence. Either way, Justin Jackson is a good player to have at the end of your bench, just like Jalen Samuel. I don't always have a lot of wide receivers and running backs for the streaming positions, especially a week ahead of time. However, quarterbacks, which I did, and tight ends are the ones we're going to focus on more since we stream these more. And look, Will Disley just had another great game, which means maybe he's getting picked up in your league. But if you still need a tight end, you go ahead and pick him up. Uh, He has a half-decent matchup this week, week three. But in week four, he will be playing the Cardinals, who give up a lot of points to the tight end. So I don't see why he can't continue to be a great option. He may not that be good of a football player and a tight end, according to, you know, football people, but he sure puts up a lot of fantasy points. I often see teams playing against that Chicago Bears defense kind of turn towards their tight end and utilize their tight end a little bit more than normal. And Kyle Rudolph for the Vikings in week four playing the Bears may finally have a good chance to do something. There hasn't been a lot of passing work to go around at all, let alone to the tight end. He hasn't done anything really this season, but we know he can, and this may be a good opportunity for him to finally have a good game this season. Go ahead and have him on your bench, at least, or play him if you're desperate at tight end, and maybe someone else will come knocking thinking, that he's woken up and they will be able to play him and he can sit on their bench and put up no points until he suddenly decides to go off for three touchdowns some random week. But I digress. In week one, I was thinking TJ Hawkinson was not going to be as worked into the offense as Jesse James. That was wrong. However, in week two, that kind of held true. Jesse James definitely had more work, uh, at least more targets, I should say. And maybe against the Chiefs, Jesse James will continue to be a half-decent option if you need to stream a tight end, especially if you're in one of these two tight end leagues. Uh, A lot of times, all the tight ends are gone in that case. But Jesse James might be someone who's still out there. Also, the Rams' tight end... Playing against the Bucks in week four, if he's healthy, I think it can be Higby. But otherwise, right now, it's just Gerald Everett out there. And so if that continues into week four, the Buccaneers are giving up points to tight ends and Everett's the guy. And the Rams are using their tight ends a little bit more, it seems. At least they're having luck with it. So I would go with Everett versus the Bucks. All right, we did it. We slipped in under 30 minutes. We hit uh, a lot of the matchups. I didn't list off the week four schedule or anything like that. I don't even like going through game by game week three like I did. But it is a good chance to bring up some of the names that I think are going to be interesting for week four. Like I say, even though I'm talking about week three in the first half of this 
episode and, and in the future, it's always because of how it's going to affect their values going into week four. And of course, week four and next week is what we're talking about for the most part. That's where our emphasis tonight. Thank you for joining me. Hope you got something out of this. Like I said when I started doing this, this entire concept is likely to crash and burn, but I'm going to try it anyway. If you're getting any usage out of it, please let me know. You can find me on Twitter at FusionFFB. The website is FusionFFB.com. And look, if you have any questions, maybe you found that something was useful, go ahead and drop me a note any of those places or by email, FusionFFB at gmail.com. I'll catch you all next week. And until then, keep staying one step ahead of everybody else. See you guys.